and welcome to Futures Focus, a fantasy baseball podcast centering around all the top prospects in the game, brought to you by Prospects 1500. My name is Alex Sanchez, and joining me is my co-host, Nate Eckert. We are back with you here to discuss the top 50 prospects for the AL East. Nate, last week, we didn't really get all through it. We got three teams done, so this is part two. Are you ready to uh, to tackle the last two teams of the AL East here today? Oh, you know I am, brother. Uh, last week, the, the teams were just so damn juicy. We just couldn't stop talking to him, uh, talking about him. And of course, we had the CEO, the S. What was his name? S CEO. I think yes, what we ended the up calling CEO. Uh huh. Yep. Uh, we had him. Uh, he was a lovely guest. But man, that kid knows his AL East. So uh, it was a good, it was a good uh, information chucked, filled with uh, all sorts of goodies, which yeah. we will bring again today. Today, indeed, and. If you are just seeing part two, go ahead and check out part one. If we don't hit the other three teams, we are going over the Rays and the Yankees today. And since it is a little bit smaller of an episode than with just those two teams, figured we'd also have the second half of the podcast dealing with a first year player draft that we just did in the Beat the Staff mm. League. And Scott's uh, Scott Green is in that. And the very creative league where we had our first year player draft. So we'll go over the results and kind of share our thoughts on where guys should have went. Uh, the guys we like for first year player drafts. I know that season's probably over for a lot of leagues, but it's uh, it's still vital to see kind of what, what you got, what the deals you got. Maybe you still have a first year player draft coming up or there's some free agents. So mm-hmm. we'll get that mm-hmm. in the second half. But yeah. let's just jump right into it. The... Yankees, we will start with them. And there are a lot of guys here that I really, really want to talk about. And I'm excited to hear some of your thoughts. Uh, yeah. We'll start just kind of giving the order of them. But first, before I do that, let me just do the quick Spark Notes version of the tiers. Remember, we are putting these players in different types of tiers. Tier one being basically the guaranteed all-star tier where we're, we're very confident that these players are going to be all-stars at one or more times in their career. As the site, I think we have around 30 uh, total tier one players. After that, tier two players are your solid above average major leaguers. Tier three are the average, essentially solid contributors. And tier four and tier fives are guys that you know, probably don't have a great chance of making it, but some young guys that to keep an eye on, late bloomers perhaps. And so just to always make sure we're familiar with those t- uh, those tiers. And uh, I think it really helps with the discussion as well. So let's start with the sole participant of the tier one group for the Yankees. That is the Martian. That is Jason Dominguez, outfielder, only 20 years old. We got to see his debut last year. Unfortunately, it was cut short. With the torn UCL, unfortunately, again, luckily not a pitcher, so the timetable is not mm-hmm. nearly as long, but we're not going to see him quite right away. But what are your expectations for him with the injury and kind of the crowded-ish outfield for the Yankees moving forward here in 2024, Nate? Well, I don't know about you, Alex, but after seeing him in L.A. a couple of years ago at that Futures game, uh I was on 
I guess I could say I was on the fence. I was really pulling for him to make it as a prospect. And this was two years ago. So he was, what, 18, 19 when he was in the Futures game? And uh, he blasted one. Remember that shot uh, to left center, Oppo? Um, I just looked back at Alex, and he looked at me, and we both just kind of smiled and said, okay, well, he's real, you know? Uh, and he is. He's totally real. Uh, the Martian name, of course, makes those expectations a bit lofty. But all things considered, I think Dominguez hits every bit of, uh, I'd say, 10 All-Star games. That would be my uh, guess if I were a betting man. Um, and as long as he stays healthy, because he's so young, you know, the UCL, he's not a pitcher. I think he'll be just fine. I mean, he is the Martian, right? I mean, don't don't aliens like uh, recover faster? Isn't that like one of their uh, like uh, factual evidence <laughs> of uh, scientific? Yeah, let's let's uh, hope so yeah. because I definitely want to see him back on the field. He has the it factor that you know Yankee fans are gonna just love there in the Bronx. Absolutely. And Absolutely. he, you know, the one little concern for me, which kind of you know we saw him at that. Futures game for sure, and he performed really well. The bat speed's incredible. He is just mm. so big and yoked Bulky. out that I wonder if that, you know, this isn't necessarily the sport where that's automatically a good thing. Um, like, you know, football, somebody comes out yoked like that, and you're you're pretty excited about it. And baseball it doesn't always necessarily mean it's a it's a good thing. It doesn't mean it's a bad thing either. But for injuries, I get a little worried about you know the flexibility. We see kind of Stanton on the same team have nah. where he's <laughs> so big and the injuries have crept up here. Um, and then Tyler O'Neill, another guy too. They're just so buff and mm-hmm. uh, they mm-hmm. seem to get injured more and they're just a little more stiff. So I get a little worried about that, but man, uh, tier one prospect, no problem with that. And I don't have any issues with the, these other guys being in tier two. Um, I just want to no. get your opinion on the order of this. I think the order is very interesting. And I think if you give this to five different people, there would be five different orders after Dominguez. So in tier two, we have Chase Hampton, followed by Spencer Jones, the outfielder. And after tier two, we head to tier three with Everson Pereira, Austin Wells, Roderick Arias, Jorbit Vivas, George Lombard. Hmm. Jr. and Will Warren. So, what is your thought on that list right there? Kind of the anybody that you would switch out, and then we'll get into them individually. Yeah. Um, let's see. I don't like Pereira all that much. Uh, I know that there's a lot to like about him. I haven't seen it personally. Uh, I love Austin Wells. Uh, I, he would definitely be in my four spot, um, and I would drop Pereira down perhaps to five. I like uh, Roderick at six. Um, I like that little spot, but I would absolutely switch out being from the Dodgers. Your Beavis, there's a reason why we traded him. It's not like he does anything wrong. He's great on base, uh, you know, either a switch hitter or a lefty. Uh, makes tons of contact. He just doesn't do a whole lot more than that. You know, his speed is middling. Uh, he's not exactly, you know, Ozzy Smith out there with the glove doesn't have a big arm. So, um, 
But he's a solid starter. Uh, I would absolutely put Lombard ahead of Vivas because all he's done, Lombard, all he's done in his uh, debut was just absolutely stroke. Uh, last year as a 17, 18 year old, all the kid did was like hit 345, something like that. Uh, just uh, looks to be a really solid high floor if you if you could even say that for an 18 year old shortstop um a high floor but every bit of as high of a ceiling i'm really high on lombard jr because he his uh his frame is just so delectable for um projections and as far as will 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 warren is concerned uh He's one of those guys who's been around forever. So I, nine, 10, 11, whatever. I don't, I, honestly, I don't care. I would rather see like somebody like Henry Lalane up there a little bit further. Um, I also like Jared Cerna, Justin Lang. That's another one, but overall, uh, uh, pretty accurate. So I agree with you that uh, I think Lombard deserves to be a little bit higher. I, uh, I'm i actually going to disagree with you a little bit about Will Warren. So when I look at this system, I see two guys that are ranked very highly, Chase Hampton and Austin Wells. And below them, two guys that are ranked a little bit lower, Will Warren and Ben Rice. And honestly, I can see either one of those pitchers being – you know, making the rotation out of camp just takes one injury to a Yankees rotation that's pretty fragile. And Which will see, happen. <laughs> yeah, it's a very fragile rotation. And I could see Will Warren with his, uh, you know, he's 24 and, and mm-hmm. he's taking mm-hmm. over that. And I think there's a lot to like with Will Warren. I don't know if that yeah. Warren's, you know, six spots difference. And then Ben Rice had just a blow up year last year. And I know Austin Wells, there's some, intrigue and hype about him using that short white right field wall and, and just becoming a 30 homer bat but i really like ben rice and i think that you know you could group all of those together in this organization and i'd be fine with it in fact that's what i would do just because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i could see hampton being the best but i could also see warren being the best wells and rice they, they i mean they're very similar in terms of their potential in my eyes the guy though i really want to talk about who i would put at number and I, I have him fringe tier one. I can't put him in the tier one yet, um, but Spence? in my rankings, he's going to be a f- top 50 guy, and that's Spencer Jones. Absolutely. Could not I, agree more. I'm in, uh, very intrigued with this guy for a couple of reasons. Number one, the uh, numbers he put up last year, 16 homers, 29 doubles as a 6'7". Uh, again, I'll say that 6'7". 6'7". Yeah. Um, and this is a guy that did not really go full time as a hitter until essentially this last year or two. And mm-hmm. he's still learning. And if he's still learning, doing those types of things at double A with that type of build, I'm just going to mm-hmm. go all in on a guy like this. That's only a level away from making an impact. And he has speed, too. That's the thing that is really, really intriguing about this. I mean, we're talking about a six, seven guy. And uh-huh. I, I don't I don't know how closely looked at Jones last year, but do you know how many stolen bases Spencer Jones had last year with Vandy or last year? Oh, last year he had 12. Oh, I'm sorry. 2023 had 43 steals. There you go. So, uh, 40, 42. I love, well, maybe you see for what 
40 plus steals to go with his 16 homers. So fantasy wise, I'm taking a gamble <laughs> on this guy because oh, yeah. I don't want to take a gamble on a catcher and I'm not taking a gamble on an arm right. ahead of Spencer Jones. I don't mind right. after, but uh, give me Spencer Jones as a, fr- like to me, I, I, if I get a little tipsy enough, I could get him in tier <laughs> one. I <think>. but, uh, <laughs> right I, now I, 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 do, I agree. I it's think- tier two player, but I love him, man. I would put him ahead of uh, whoever they had at number one. Let me look. Who was it again? It was uh, – oh, yeah, the Martian. I yeah, actually we can't liked put him ahead him. of him. Yeah, I guess we can't because we did see him in person. But, hey, uh, an injury an injury, or maybe like uh, a month's worth of Spencer Jones and his freakish numbers and uh, maybe a slump from the Martian – we could have a bit of a discussion about that. I mean, this kid, sure. six seven, like you already mentioned, he's the left-handed Aaron Judge. I mean, come on. <laughs> if we, yeah, but he ha- he has that that stolen base game. That's that's what's really yes, intriguing. Yes, I know, I know. And on top of that, remember when Aaron Judge couldn't hit the ball for anything when he was in the minors before he really made that breakout. He had an on-base percentage of, like, I don't know, high twos, something like that. Jones is already equipped with a discerning eye. And last year, even though he reached uh, double A, uh, started the year at high A, um, his on-base percentage doesn't blow you away. But for a 6'7 power hitting monster athletic, uh, you know, et cetera, player, uh going in i think he was 21 last year um to have a 336 on base percentage over 117 games mind you that was his first taste of uh full season baseball well he got a taste all right he got a taste and then he got some dessert 480 at bats so he learned a lot last year and i'm looking for spencer jones to really make an impact this year like he's taking what he's given He's going to come back after the offseason, and I think he's really going to start punishing the ball and and uh, the opposing pitchers quickly. I hope there's there's definitely some downside to him as well. Like he could he didn't dominate in terms of you know for what we would want a 22 year old future All Star to do, um, and there's certainly ways that he could get yeah but put a stymied and 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 hit a roadblock and and just fizzle out. Um, but in fantasy, I'm, I'm just going to take a chance on a guy like him. I think he's uh, undervalued right now, if, which is tough to do as a Yankees prospect. I think we should mention that, too. Like these guys are going to be 10 to 15 percent more expensive in a lot of leagues mm-hmm. because they're Yankees. So, yeah, every bit of it. And don't forget, Alex, that last year or 2022, I keep saying last year is 2022, 2022. Uh, that was he only played in 25 games. He had 93 at bats. That was his first taste of pro ball, and and he scorched it. So in his first taste of full season, he he had middling, I guess you could say, for a monster like Jones. But uh, really look for him this year. Yeah, I'm I'm very intrigued with him. Uh, the same sort of argument goes to Roderick Arias, and you know, he was a uh, almost a lesson. For me, when I'm talking about drafting international prospects with first year player draft picks because he Mm -hmm. had such a horrible debut. Uh, Luckily, for people that did pick him when 
you know, he had to pick him in the first round in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. He had a nice bounce back in 2023. And now we're looking at a five tool type of prospect with, you know, ahead of schedule now, even at, you know, 19 years old, um, switch hitter and just a lot to like fantasy wise on the infield. Hopefully he can stay on the infield. Um, yeah, and then I, you know, we kind of already mentioned some guys that are in that tier four. I, I, I mentioned Ben Rice. I would, I would put him in uh, tier three. I like him enough. I like him just as much as Austin Wells. I don't see the, the big difference in value. Um, and then you said Henry Lalane, who is also a, he's just a little further away than I like my pitchers to be that I'm willing to rank high. But 15 is pretty aggressive for a 19 year old in the Yankees system. Um, and then you must you lefty, see, lefty, yep, lefty. You like the lefties. Um, six, seven. Yeah. So, I mean, getting some of these guys early in the Yankees is never a bad strategy either, either, even if you don't think they're going to make it because chances are they'll, uh, they'll have some value, but it's a pretty darn good system. Got your nice tier one prospect at the top with, you know, undisputed and a couple of high, uh, props, uh, high, you know, these guys are pretty close when we talk about Chase Hampton and Will Warren, and Emerson Pereira mm-hmm. has already made his debut. Austin Wells has made his debut. Vivas yep. will probably make his debut this year. And uh, there, there's going to be some openings, most likely. And in, in the case of the injuries, or you know, the Yankees do their the Yankee way. But these right. guys are, are going to get some value this year. Alex, let's not forget about Clayton Beater. Also, I mean, uh, remember my uh, my prediction that Clayton Beater has uh has the stuff to become the next great closer in baseball mm-hmm. Do you remember that i said that years ago well yep. he's he's on the doorstep uh he'll probably get it i don't know a start or two but i don't see him sticking at a starting pitcher but that could be good for him i think it will be good for him because this stuff is so dirty he has such good uh deception he people it just somehow gets that fastball behind himself, and then the next thing you know, it's it's on you. Uh, so anyway, yeah, uh, there's lots to like about the Yankees, and I think we just covered quite a bit of them. Yeah, so we'll move on now to the Rays, which has shown impressive development over the last couple of years, of course. And I think at first glance. When you take a look at the system, you're you're not as excited as you've been in the past. However, sure. there are uh, there are certainly guys that you want to pay attention to. Um, I don't want to tell people that just because they're the Rays, you should get all these guys. I think we got to be careful with that. Very just like the Yankees prospects sort of thing. Like we got to be careful and and sort of remove that lens and take a look at these guys for what they are, with the idea that you know they tend to uh, have a pattern when it comes to the Rays and they, they find power in places that we maybe didn't think of. You, you see Isaac Paredes and, you know, guys that we don't think can hit 30 home runs or hitting 30 home runs for the Rays. So just keep that yeah, in mind. Yeah. Don't go crazy with it. But we can go crazy with our tier one Woo! player. Here the Rays. That's Woo-hoo! Junior Caminero. Makes his MLB debut last year, which, you know, when we take a step back and think about that, even if Uh, it was seven games, is just about as insane of a a statement you could have made last year. Like, if you did that on your bold predictions, you would have been considered quite Uh, bold. 
but it happened. And I don't know if he's opening day or not. Uh, you know, it's the Rays. They like to platoon. and He's not a guy mm. you platoon. So no uh, shortstops available. I don't know if he's a, you know, a great future shortstop Short. prospect, mm. but what, whatever, this guy's going to hit 30 home right. runs multiple times. And right. he's my number two prospect in all of baseball right now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, the kid is an absolute monster. To put it into perspective, last year I picked him up when he was called up in my redraft league that I eventually won. And uh, in the last game of the season, I believe, uh, at least for us in our championship, uh, Cam and Yarrow went yard. It was an oppo right center screamer uh, out of uh, Roger Center. And I had been waiting for him to do that, you know, for that whole seven games that I was waiting, you know, but it was championship week. And here I am starting Evan Carter and Caminero over guys who I had rostered all season long and doing it very confidently because this is who we're getting now in, in MLB are these young studs who come up and it, I don't know, for me, you could just tell. Just tell that Caminero's going to get that ball. He's going to make contact. And when he does, oh, look out, because that, that thing is screaming wherever it goes. doesn't matter if it goes uh, 500 feet or, you know, right down uh, first baseline or wherever. He's, he's making really hard contact. And those levers of his, my God, is he not the longest? I mean, I, it says he's only 6'1". That cannot be right. MLB. I'd like to get out there with the tape measure a little bit longer because yeah. baseball reference seem. has them at 6'1", 157. Right? Yeah, that's what MLB pipeline has them at too. And I'm sorry, but that's just that's plainly wrong. That's false. That's not that's not true. He's no way he's one fifty. If he's one fifty seven, I'm one ninety five. I'm one ninety five. Look, I haven't seen that type of opposite field powers since Ronald oh. Uh, oh. and that's what creates superstars I mean you, you take a look at Ronald I know I talk about him a lot but I yeah, just okay. watch him every day and so when you have the ability to turn a, an opposite field double into a home run that's that's when you are in elite company Atani's doing this now too by the way mm -hmm. uh, where yeah, you know, you're but... just driving balls out the opposite way and just can't get these guys out then and so he has right. that already as a 20 year old it's it's pretty insane so you can right. go ahead and invest whatever you'd like in him and i would not anything mind at all um my question to you is uh, are you gonna have him uh number two or are you gonna put churro churio in front of him are you gonna put jackson in front of him where where do you think he's gonna end up yeah i got you? i got i got holiday numero uno but cam is my number two uh yeah. prospect overall agreed agreed okay well uh Fun to talk about him, but we should move on and go over the three players that are in tier two. That is going to be Carson Williams, shortstop, 20-year-old at number two, who I've come around on a little bit. We'll get to him in a second. Like Xavier Isaac, first baseman, another 20-year-old. These are three 20-year-olds in a row for those keeping score at home. And number four, the end of tier two is Curtis Mead, the Australian, who uh, did make his debut last year. So we'll stop there for a second. Mm -hmm. um, you know what? I, I don't really have a problem with this order. Um, 
I yep. think the ceiling for Carson Williams is much higher than those other two. And, and I'm all about mm-hmm. ceiling. So yep. uh, let's do that. Uh, the defense is also going to keep them at short. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. you know, wouldn't be surprising if he's just the Ray shortstop by the all-star break. Like that crazy. That doesn't seem that insane. Uh, maybe no. he doesn't hit well right away, but he's going to be great defensively and could be there for a long, long time. Um, Xavier Isaac, Curtis Mead. I mean, are you cool with this order? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mead in my book has dropped down. Carson has risen. Of course. Uh, I don't know if you remember because you're in like 18 different dynasty leagues, Alex, but you and a- you and I made a trade last year and I, uh, I ended up getting Carson Williams and I was very excited about that. I don't usually invest in the right-handed hitting shortstops like Carson Williams, but he reminds me so much of Bobby Witt Jr. It's crazy. Like his hit, t- his hit tool isn't as good as Bobby's, but it could be, it could be maybe more discerning. eye. But, I mean, let's just look at his power, his speed, and then that defense. You know Tampa loves a good defensive shortstop. I mean, how long did Adamas, uh, you know, linger in, in Tampa without doing anything at the plate? Now, I hope they give Williams a long enough leash. I know Tampa is always in the running. So there's a bit of regression that I'm afraid of. I have him in the Zhao dynasty. I'm looking forward for his debut, but he doesn't even turn 21 until June 25th. I mean, that's a great thing, but at the same exact time, I know he's going to get called up uh, sooner than later. So I just don't want him to fall into like, uh, say, like a O for 40 or something like that. Have a debut similar to the kid in uh, in uh, St. Louis. Uh, God, Mason Wynn. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, he's got raw everything. His ceiling is enormous. His floor is pretty low. Um, but this kid puts it all together like he did last year. You're looking at 30 home runs, 30 steals uh, with his eyes closed. Yeah, just got to watch out for the hit tool, but with the defense, regardless, uh, he'll he'll get some counting stats at, at worst, I'd imagine. Now, here is uh, kind of where I'm headed with this. Um, the first baseman prospect, I'm, I'm sort of just not mm. going to worry about as much as I have in the past. At least you I'm not going like to rank I, him as highly. You don't like, you don't like Isaac? I I love Isaac. I think he's a great hitter, but I'm just not going to invest in these types of guys in first year player drafts and in trades um, because the hit tool just has to go so far. I mean, how many Pete Alonzo's have we seen, right? That just they're a big prospect and they they hit that ceiling enough to Mm -hmm. hit and provide Mm -hmm. no Mm -hmm. defensive value. I think Um, uh, Jose Abreu was the only other one. (laughs) That was 10 years prior. Um, So... If you have Isaac, I'm not saying get rid of him by any means. He's a big leaguer. The things he's doing certainly scream that. But he's not a guy that I'm just going to go and invest in because it just takes one little notch down and then there's nowhere left for him to go. Like Carson Williams, if he takes a notch down and is hitting, the defense is going to carry him at short. Third, um, second. Get along. Yeah. You know, hitting 220 and going 2020, and he'll still play for 10 years. But if yep. Xavier Isaac starts hitting 220 at any point, it's it's over. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to invest in these guys. 
In fact, I, you know, if I'm being honest, I'll probably take Curtis Mead ahead of Xavier Isaac for a lot of anyway, oh. proximity also helps for me. Um, I still believe in Curtis Mead. Curtis Mead's interesting. We'll kind of segue into that too. in, in the mm-hmm. fact that he had an injury early on and did he, um, yeah, he got hit a, a wrist injury hit by pitch and mm. it sort of mm. kind of derailed the season. Um, then mm-hmm. he gets kind of over it, gets the call to MLB. And we've talked about not really worrying about short sample sizes in the MLB. Right. So, right. Uh, when, when he was good to go, um, down in the minors, which is kind of what I'm going off of. Um, yes. He was the same guy that showed that he could hit maybe hit 300 in the big leagues and yep. hit maybe yep. 30 homers too, which is just, you don't find that very often anymore. So No, not, um, not third, especially. And it's if he can stick at third, which is open. I mean, it's open-ish. Um, Caminero, you know. Yeah, I mean. But, yeah, open-ish. I'm, I, I'm, I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. They can, they can yeah. go in eight different directions for sure. I but. mean, they'll probably, they'll probably have them closing, you know, cause it's Tampa. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so Mead, you know, and we talk about the debut actually wasn't as bad as I remember. It's 253. So, yeah, uh, and I didn't, I didn't know that. He- I didn't know he was hurt with that wrist injury either, Alex. Yeah. That's a nice little tidbit because, you know, wrist injuries are, are detrimental as hell, for, especially for uh, hitters. So, yeah. And so I agree with you. The value has gone lower than he had been last year, but buy low opportunity if you can get him. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, in the Highlander League, I uh, traded basically my first uh, first-year player draft, which is, would have been like somebody like Tommy Troy – um ish i don't remember if it would have been probably even like a step to below for curtis mead and i was very very happy with that because wow um, he's still second base eligible and yeah he's got second he's got second base also to fall back on get enough games there i'd imagine the way the rays oh yeah yeah absolutely uh let's move on to two three here we have a first year player guy that we could talk about a little bit later in bray uh brayden taylor Mason mm-hmm. Montgomery, the, the short lefty who's knocking on the door, comes in at number six. Adrian Santana, 18-year-old uh, shortstop, second-base infielder. Uh, old friend of mine, Cole Wilcox from San Diego. Uh, already 24, and how time flies. Wow. Coming eight. Colton Ledbetter, outfielder at number nine, 22-year-old Dominic Keegan. Uh, 23-year-old comes in at number 10, and then Ian Seymour rounds out tier number three, uh, lefty 25-year-old. So uh, I don't know. There's a big gap for me mm-hmm. with Keegan and even Ledbetter versus the top of this list, but these could all be tier three guys. Um, anybody that uh, – we'll talk about Taylor. Let's save him a little bit maybe later. But uh, what do you uh, – any names stick out to you maybe uh, that you would uh, – Yes. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, I don't know that he was in tier three, uh, but uh, Yoni El- uh, Curet, the uh, righty um, starter for the Rays. Um, are you familiar with this guy, Alex? No, not Curet. much. Tell me about him. Oh, wow. Last year, so he's only 21. Okay. 6'2", 190. Fastball grades at 65. Slider grades at 60. He's got to change up, but it's, uh, it's more or less average. But. He's starting to work on it, and he's getting some tumble, and he's getting to uh, command it a little bit. So that's encouraging. He's a righty, 6'2", 210, I believe. No, 190. Only 21. Doesn't turn 22 until November 3rd. 
Um, okay. 2023 uh, went 8-1 and one with a uh, 294 ERA. He started in 22 games, pitched 104 innings across two levels. That was ah, it's, uh, single A and single A advanced. Okay, so I'm not as hyped. But for somebody that you would pay absolutely zilch for and for somebody who is probably – more than likely available on your waiver wire this second. Um, he only gave up a grand total of two home runs last year. Two. 104 innings, gave up two. Year before that, he only gave up three. Year before that, he gave up zero. That was 42 innings and 51 innings, respectively. Uh, the season prior, in 2022, he had a 214 ERA. In the, in the season before that, in the Dominican, uh, 371. But anyway, uh, he, he walks too many guys. He needs to shorten that up. But if there's any system that I trust regarding uh, wiping up a starter's, you know, uh, mechanics, it's absolutely Tampa. Uh, opponent average last year combined between single A and single A advanced of 170 and a uh, whip of 122. So I mean, for what it's going to cost you, which is nothing, uh, this kid could really turn into a ceiling, like a third starter. Nice. I, yeah, I don't know much about him, so good details to keep in mind. And like you said, the Rays, although they uh, they do get a bunch of injuries, it seems like they do get the most out of these pitchers as well. So mm-hmm. – um, there's a couple of guys ahead of him, you know, on the pecking order we should mention mm-hmm. in terms of Cole Wilcox, Mason Montgomery. Montgomery is going to see some Ooh, yeah. big league starts. I mean, probably double digit starts for them, if I'm being honest. Um, mm-hmm. Not a huge mm-hmm. feeling for this guy, but certainly has had great results in terms of oh, his yeah. minor league career and knows how to pitch. So I uh, could see him even taking a step forward once he gets to the the major league level for the Rays. Mm-hmm. Wilcox mm-hmm. is the guy that I loved when he was coming out of the draft. I mean, this guy would have gone in the top five, had injuries not sort of uh, bumped him back that year. And uh, if you take a look at his stats from last year after the surgery, you're not going to be too impressed. Uh, five, uh, five ERA for the year. But, you know, a young kid coming back from a major surgery, I'm okay with ignoring that and remembering how dominant he looked um, in college. So 24 years old. Yeah. Georgia. Georgia? Yeah. Just unbelievable stuff that he had. Beast. Uh, Beast. Yeah. In, insane stuff. So, uh, and he had really good career leading up to that injury as well. I mean, I know they were the lower, the lower levels, but it doesn't matter. I mean, they put him where they put him, Right. So, uh, he, he's had a really good career prior to the injury. So it, it'll be interesting to see Alex. Um, how he rebounds this year now that he's fully healthy. Yeah, I forgot. He he dropped all the way to the third round, but without the injury, he, he was top 15 type of guy before if you go to the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, that was 2020 also where everything was skewed because it was yeah. 2020. 6'5", 232. Woo! What a yeah, beast. Perfect body. Yeah. He's really – his stuff's really good. So um, – mm-hmm. A buy low candidate, nothing to lose there. Um, yep. Nasty stuff. So, all right. 
Um, it's fun to kind of look at some of these guys. You know, we all I said this at the beginning is not to crown the Rays as perfect because there's some guys here that we loved a few years ago that are all the way oh. down in tier five. Let me oh. remind you about Carlos Colmenares, <laughs> Ray Jones, Baby Trout, Cameron Meisner. Oh, 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 Heriberto Hernandez, who was everybody's darling there for a second. I mean, Everybody. these uh, these these guys have gone downhill to say the least. So Big don't time. need to own any of those guys. <laughs> um, unfortunately, ask Mike, like ask Mike, ask Mike, ask Mike Kelly about old uh, uh, Carlos Carlos C. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I mean, Col- don't forget, Colbin Ares is twenty. Like, I guess he. Could I know. I, I know. It. But I'm no, neither am I. I mean, he's, he's pretty much finished. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> All right, Nate. Uh, we have completed now the top 50 for the AL East. Why don't we go ahead and take a break and let's do a recap on the first year player draft that we just completed in the Prospects 1500 Beat the Staff. So Futures Focus here with you. My name, Alex Sanchez. Nate Eckert with me. We'll be right back after this. And we are back, and with a little extra time here on the podcast, Nate, let's go ahead and recap Mm -hmm. the most recent draft that we just finished, you and I both participated in. This is the Mm -hmm. Beast of a League 16-team prospects-only league that (laughs) has multiple staff writers and multiple listeners as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, just just to uh, remind you about the... uh, structure of this league quite unique i said i suggest doing one of these leagues if you can with absolutely absolutely a lot of fun um lot but of fun. you could only draft prospects any guy even if you had one major league at bat or innings pitched he is ineligible to draft and so we started this a few years ago and you'll see ronald acuna and mike trout everybody on the free agent list <laughs> and the only way to get stats is to have your prospects eventually get called up and everybody has about 50 or so, give or take, if you had some recent call-ups. Um, so that's a lot of prospects. The names here at the end, you know, I'm struggling just <laughs> to find guys that um, to draft in general. Yeah, so yeah. what is important about this draft, and we'll go over this here, and you'll see it middle of the draft right away, is that you want guys with little bit closer proximity than you would perhaps the international guys in normal prospects uh, drafts, like in first year player drafts. So guys that are essentially guaranteed at bats and innings like Iman, uh, Imanaga and uh, Lee for the Giants, they're going to go a little Yamamoto. higher. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yamamoto is going high note regardless, but I Probably think that the, the other the other type of guy, and even Matsui for the Padres as well, who looked good uh-huh. the other day, but um, yeah. he got picked in the first round. You're you're probably not seeing this maybe in those <laughs> in guys the, in the first round, but just uh-huh. remember that this is all geared towards getting these guys to the big leagues as quickly as possible, so you can get points. Otherwise, you're just going to lose horribly. It's a roto league, so um, this kind of steered where I was going with my pick. I had the fifth overall pick. Uh, it doesn't look like it quite goes for you that much with your pick. We'll get into that. No, 
no. you guys a little further away. So, uh, but mm-hmm. the other guys, I see, you know, it, it makes it, you know they're closer. So let's go yeah, over I the uh, the first. Uh, so again, we're kind of coupling this together with a first year player draft primer, if you will, a guide. If you are participating in them, or you have them, or you need to know the value of these guys, uh, I think there's a pretty obvious top five that you're just going to be thrilled to get if you have any of those. Actually, for me, it's six. Uh, I'll tell mm-hmm. you who this guy is. But mm-hmm. it's Langford. It's Cruz. That's why Langford, Texas outfielder, Dylan Cruz, mm-hmm. outfielder mm-hmm. for the Nationals. Uh, Yamamoto for the Dodgers and Walker Jenkins and Paul Skeens. And that's a pretty much universal tier one. Uh, mm-hmm. You could even say tier 1.5 with Langford being in his own tier, I suppose. You're taking mm-hmm. Langford number one everywhere. There, there's really no doubt about that. Um, but then the, the real argument is who do you take at number two? So in our league, Dylan Cruz goes number two. In almost every league I've been in, Yamamoto has gone number two. Mm-hmm. As a Dodger mm-hmm. fan, who do you think you're taking there? Or does it have a little bit of context for the league for you? Yeah, in our league, I'm taking Yamamoto for this league because of exactly what we just got done talking about. Uh, Kodai Senga last year, oh, my God. He provided so much value for the guy who inevitably was, like, second to last. But regardless, he got more value out of Senga than I did out of pretty much all of my offensive players by the end of the season. So uh, Yamamoto's stuff is I would I would venture to say better than uh, than Senga's and I think the overall package is better than Senga's and he pitches for a better team better division <laughs> etc so uh yeah Yamamoto was an absolute slam dunk especially for this league itself mm-hmm. so what scenario or if there even is one would you take Dylan Cruz ahead uh, like maybe in the Zao, uh, in, in, sorry, in the league that I started that Alex is also in, in, in the Zao dynasty, um, I needed to fill in my outfield prospects, my farm in the outfield. Uh, let's say I'm, I'm pitcher heavy and I don't need Yamamoto plainly. I need an outfielder who can run. Dylan Cruz, I mean, is he not the prototype for somebody like that? I mean, he's he's five-tooled up, and uh, his floor is damn near as high as the ceiling, you know, which is just so stupid to say. But Cruz is going to be an absolute monster for years to come. Um, and that's what you want in dynasties. I mean, Yamamoto, Yamamoto I mean, hey, let's say the Dodgers – I turn into the next dynasty with Otani. They win three times or whatever, and then he flies back on his merry way to Japan. Well, Dylan Cruz is not going to be going anywhere anytime soon. I don't think Yamamoto will either, but I'm just trying to make an argument that Dylan Cruz is here to stay. And uh, I've loved this kid since he was a high schooler in 2020. I was disappointed that he had to go to college, but that was absolutely the right choice because he grew – uh, exponentially, uh, physically, mentally, you name it. So, um, yeah, I, I love Dylan Cruz, but in our league, this league, the prospects only one, 16 team prospects only, uh, I'm taking Yamamoto over Cruz. Yeah. So, 
Um, I, I agree with you. Uh, I think most of the time I'm probably taking Yamamoto, but after that though, it does come down to uh, some some bit of a de- decision. Uh, Cruz, Jenkins, and Skeens. So with those three guys, mm. um, they go in that order. If you don't include Yamamoto, mm. what do you uh, think about maybe pushing Walker Jenkins ahead of Cruz, or is that mm-hmm. yeah? I like I I re- I really like Walker Jenkins a lot. Um, I think scouts were a little too harsh on his hit tool and not uh, bullish enough on his athleticism. I mean, all this kid did was separate himself completely, almost completely from uh, the guy who I inevitably ended up drafting. Um, Max, what's his name, last name? Clark. <laughs> Max. Max, Max Clark. Um, and I mean, as a high school senior, this kid looks like he belongs in the bigs. I mean, 6'3", 215. He is a powerhouse, absolute powerhouse from the left side. And I didn't see any at bat. And I watched a lot of Jenkins tape. I watched a lot of these guys' tape. Jenkins was easily, besides Skeens, of course, watching him mow down everybody and Eldridge and his power. Walker Jenkins was probably uh, holistically my very favorite and most fun player to watch just because of how badly he just obliterated the ball at the high school level. Now, I know people get concerned about, uh, you know, these kids who grow up, who, who grow physically much faster than than kids their own age. I don't care. I don't care about any of that because you put Walker Jenkins in the pros which is exactly what happened. And did anything change? No, he's still raked. So I don't see any reason why he won't continue to rake until, I don't know, maybe he, he hits double A because that always seems to be, you know, the, where the, where the pedal or whatever, the rubber meets the whatever. Um, but I like, I like him a lot. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, As I've done. Stains. I've done a few of these now, and it's it's pretty obvious that it goes Langford, and then it's Cruz Yamamoto, however you want to do those two, and then Jenkins almost mm-hmm. always goes at four, and mm-hmm. Skeens usually Skeens. goes at number five, and then then it's mm-hmm. a you know pick your poison yeah. after that. I like Matt Shaw enough to put him into that same tier that if you're at six, uh, you're you're really high on Matt Shaw. I, know I like that. Matt Shaw a lot. Yeah, he's gonna be in my top thirty. When it gets all said and done. Whoa. Um, Whoa. Yeah. So, but still, I would take him sixth. I would, I mean, I was at number five. And so even mm-hmm. if I was at number six, and you know, I'm taking Skeens ahead of Shaw in this particularly league with my team, probably most leagues too, but uh Skeens is major league ready and a few starts, I'd imagine, and I'm desperate but, in, for pitching in this league. I just you my drafted. You drafted Skeens in our league in yeah. the prospects only. Mm-hmm. Oh, you yeah. lucky, lucky bastard! <laughs> yeah, I need a pitch. I, my pitching is so bad. Like the the prospects I I did. Well, I did what I tell everybody to do. I picked a lot of bats, and so the bats have been fine, but it's been hard to get <laughs> yeah. pitching. So I went Skeens yes. is a perfect yes. for me here. But um, even then, like I would still always probably if all things equal, I would have to consider Skeens and Shaw. Uh, 
depending on some other things. But Skeens usually is probably going there at number five. So the real decision is at number six, because I know I'm very high on Matt Shaw. I know a lot of people are, too. Uh, a lot of other people are very high on Eldridge. I've seen Eldridge. I mean, Eldridge goes pretty high in our league here at 11. I've seen mm-hmm. people be all in on Colt Emerson. I've seen people mm-hmm. love Tommy Troy. I've seen people mm-hmm. take Noel Meyer there. I've seen mm-hmm. um, Waldrip even no- go. I mean, that's kind of who I would take there at six. Uh, if Nolan, Nolan uh, Shonell. Yeah, if you like, if you want the big league guy in this league, uh, he's definitely. That would also team. be helpful. Yeah, but uh, Gasper goes with probably uh, a pick you won't see often in other leagues, but it makes a lot of sense in this league, and that's Jung Hyu Lee. The $100 million man that the Giants paid is still kind of crazy that they paid him that much to be, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's no way he's going to end up being a superstar or anything like that. Um, no, no. It's kind of like Yoshida for the Red Sox, I'd imagine. Um, but, yep. you know, he's guaranteed a spot. And so I totally makes fielder. sense. Number six, I don't mind it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't mm-hmm. take him in the first round in other leagues. But in this league, I would have definitely thought about it at number six or seven-ish. Even same at thing six, goes, yeah, something same thing goes for uh Shota Imanaga, who goes at number seven. It's the same thing, right? These guys $53 million, he's gonna get starts for Chicago. Yep, yep. Even if he's mediocre, like you're still winning there. So yep, yep. Um, I actually in, in another league I'm in where I'm very good. Farm system's great, but I lost Kyle Bradish, and so I said, you know what, screw it, I'm taking Imanaga at seven as well. Mm-hmm. Um Probably not nice. the greatest long-term move, but I wanted to win this well, year with, and I need some pitching. So he's he's probably not going there in most leagues, although he he did in this league and in another league I'm in. So maybe I don't know. But uh, where do you think you would draft those guys in a traditional setting, all things considered? You know, give me some other uh, names you would maybe throw ahead of them. Yeah, um, knowing where Eldridge is going now in drafts, um, I couldn't believe it. Because uh, we were doing both of our drafts, the Zao Dynasty and the Prospects Only draft, simultaneously, right? So uh, I think our, the, I think the Zao started before Prospects and then either caught up or who knows. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is Eldridge I took in the Zao in the second round, no problem. I don't even think I thought twice about it. Um, and by that I mean he was still available. I still had plenty of people in my queue and it did not feel like Eldridge was going anytime soon. Now I could be completely wrong, but I'm glad I took him in the second round. Cause I love that kid, especially as a hitter. When they announced that he's going to be hitting only, I was really pumped because he's never focused entirely on hitting. I know he's power first. I don't usually do power first, but for this kid, I feel like there's an exception. I know the giants don't have a great history of homegrown, uh, outfielding uh, sluggers, but hey, Hunter Pence, uh, you know, I think the Hunter Pences of the world outweigh the Luis Matos and uh, Helioites. But anyway, um, on top of that, uh, who was another few guys that I liked? Well, I think I ended up taking Max Clark in the first round. What pick was that? Do you know, Alex? Yes, yeah, I can't so you, remember. You took Max Clark at number nine overall. And I, yeah, and I thought that was an absolute steal. Considering what Max Clark can do, 
I, we haven't seen it yet uh, as pro level. You have as a high schooler, but this this kid's on base percentage. I mean, he he like he rolls out of bed, wakes up, and can go four for four when he's right. And I don't see any reason why any of that's going to change. He'll grow. He'll get faster. He'll get better. He'll be quicker with his hands. Everything that he's done in high school, I believe he will translate to the bigs. Now, I can understand why people would be a bit hesitant, and I also can understand why a lot of those international guys are taking ahead of him. But as I'm sitting there at nine, I'm elated that Max Clark falls down to moi because he's Max Clark. There's no two ways around it. I really like the kid. Um, he reminds me a ton of uh, Evan Carter, and uh, I'm excited. I'm excited about that draft pick. I, I really and truly am. Yeah. He uh, He's a little far away. Uh, yeah, me, of course. Of course. We've seen two guys. I'll give you two names that give me a little bit of pause, and it's Zach Veen and it's Robert Hassel. Those two guys. And you think he you think he comps with Zach Veen? No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just well, oh. pretty close. I'm just saying nah. these high school guys that had this hit tool without the power have sort of fizzled out on us lately. So that has nothing to do with Max Clark per se. I'm just just throwing those two names out there without um, assuming that these guys yeah. are going to get better. But the speed for Max Clark and the defense make him a better bet. For sure. Yes. Um, I'm taking Matt Shaw ahead of him. I love Matt Shaw. I think Matt Shaw's. If you're at the nine, if you're at the nine like I was, would you take Matt Shaw over Max Clark? Yes, I would take Matt. I would take Matt Shaw after a sixth. I mean, I've taken it. Right. Yeah, you're really high on him. Um, the only the last. That's what he did. Okay, hang on. Let's let's just talk about what Matt Shaw did. He got up to. (laughs) Okay. He got up (laughs) to uh, double A. By the way. Wow. Wow. Eight eight homers and fifteen steals. Wow. Total or at just at double A? Uh total. So we got, you know, still, in, still. In, the, in June. Then he yeah, goes out yeah, and course. does that. Uh um, wow. What school uh, did he go to? A twenty two year old, seven homers and sixteen. That's uh that's pretty good. <laughs> so that's, that's incredible. Anyway, I, Are you kidding me? He's fantastic. I think He's super close as well. Um, he's a so, righty though, and, right? And he's shortstop. What's that? He's a right-handed hitter. Yeah, he's a, he's like a shorter righty. He's like five. He's five eleven, but he uh, he has that opposite field power that we talked about got, with Junior Caminero, where right, he's able he's to drive got, the ball to right. It's like a, a skill that I'm sort of discovering here in my later age of baseball uh-huh. knowledge and scouting uh-huh. is that it's it's a skill to go opposite field with power and uh, absolutely. Like this if I'm a pitcher, I don't know how to get guys that can hit it out to right and hit it out to left. Like where do you do? I right. Don't know. <laughs> go. Where do you go? Where do you go? Um, but yeah, I, I would take Shaw there. We should talk about Hurston Waldrip as well. Goes to Sean Kernahan, who uh, we you know both mm. you and I really respect in his mm-hmm. scouting. Mm-hmm. Very uh, much his own. Doesn't he's not listening to anyone else. So to see him go no. at number eight, who I love. I mean, I don't know. Uh, as a Braves fan, I know. I've watched a lot of video about him, but I don't know if oh. you've seen his splitter or not, but that splitter is oh, out of bro. the world. I was so angry. I was at the draft, of course, in Seattle, and I think I screamed out loud when Waldrip went to the Braves. Uh, and I remember Sean looked at me, and he just kind of shook his head like, oh, man, I'm sorry. And I was, like, stuffing uh, – 
I didn't have a pillow, but I think whatever packet of information they gave us, it's like stuffing that in my mouth, trying not to scream because you guys weren't far from the Dodgers. You know, we, I mean, we were right there. So if you weren't going to get them, we sure as hell were, but I can't remember which team picked first. doesn't matter to get him that deep in the first round. I mean, that kid is so nasty. Oh God. He's so nasty. I, I, I was quite confused on why he was still there at 24 right? as a college guy. It's not like he had a lot of leverage. I guess he, I don't know. He's a junior. I'm assuming. I don't know if he had leverage or not, but uh, like he was uh, getting, he was going like I anyway. Mean, and the one thing the Braves need is just a little bit more pitching. Like they did. So it was just a match made in heaven. So let me ask you this. Knows, uh, yes. If we're just, again, kind of getting this in terms of what we think the rankings would be, would you have taken Waldrop in, ahead of Max Clark? No, no, I doubt it. Okay. Okay. But, um, but he's very, Skeens, very close. Skeens ahead of Max Clark? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So Clark is your sixth essentially yeah and th- you have to remember about clark he he's going number one in any other draft any other year it just happened to be the super draft this year yeah, you know a, i don't know super draft great it, point we had need to mention that too it's, it's yeah so it's i mean no matter where you go top six you're getting a, a first first overall pick <laughs> yeah which is yeah. just nuts you know yeah he, he does have a little bit of that you know, a guy that we knew of as a junior already, um, you know, Bryce Harper Clark. type of vibe. Yeah, Bryce Harper-ish. He does because he got yeah. that swag. He's got like, uh, I don't know, 20 million followers. He, mm-hmm. he always wears that uh, uh, eye black, all crazy, you know. Yeah, but They all he, do. Yeah, I, Everybody yeah, that age does do. now, by the way. They, they all, like, like they're football players or something, yeah. you know. All right, let's move on here. Um, uh-huh. You know, I, I, I think – the listeners are getting that you're a Max Clark guy. I'm a Matt Shaw guy. We both love Waldrip <laughs> in that order. Uh, for me, though, a couple of guys uh, that it's worth a discussion. I, I agree with you when you talked about Eldridge. I'm not quite pulling the trigger ahead of Wilkin, Emerson, or Troy. But after or Teal, I think I take Kyle Teal ahead of. Yeah, I took Teal ahead of uh, Eldridge. In this but aisle. after that, I think I, I'm totally fine picking him like 15th or 16th overall. I like mm-hmm. Emerson a lot. I love Tom, I think Tommy mm-hmm. Troy is one of the highest floors out of anybody in the mm-hmm. entire draft. Mm-hmm. And Bruce, uh, Bruce, uh, can get one of the three names. <laughs> Brock Wilkin has just the power that tantalizes oh, me. So I'm trying to God. get him in, in one or two leagues if it's just the. Have 50 homer a, power potential. What a monster, huh? He is uh, salivating. <laughs> yes, at times. Yeah, he's so strong. So strong. Yeah. I like his swing, too. Like, it's just. Yeah. It's, it's just it's a powerful, powerful yeah. looking swing. Good build. A lot, a lot yeah. of violence so he's, in that. He's super so, I guess it's. So, Eldridge, Wilkin, Emerson, Troy, and Teal. Who are you taking mm-hmm. if they're all on the board right there still on the board yeah probably emerson over all yeah. of them me too i agree 100 percent. then who? i love uh and then uh uh name them again for me please so you got wilkin troy and teal and aldridge well we're aldridge, actually, yeah, sorry. you could pick aldridge if you want i think i'm taking all those other guys ahead of aldridge but yeah i'm with you uh teal teal goes next 
Okay, interesting. Yeah, we talked about him with Adam a little bit. Uh, we've already talked about Tommy Troy too with the Diamondbacks, so uh, mm-hmm. you know our, our thoughts on there. So it's, you know, when I was looking at this and and trying to uh, rebuild in a couple of leagues and get draft picks, I really didn't care where it was in the as long as it was a first rounder. I was gonna be pretty stoked oh, yeah. uh, that you're good. And you know what? One guy in your league for sure is picking Iman uh, Imanaga and and Jong Hu Lee mm-hmm. early, mm-hmm. and so like mm-hmm. you could get a a 10th rounder it's gonna it might be a wall drip falls to you it might be a, a shaw or an eldridge or whoever falls down to you and you're you're set to go so um mm-hmm. i was loving getting first round picks and then you know what else i loved getting was late third round picks as well um some that? of these guys later on they're just so good like the difference between here we go chase davis who goes number mm-hmm, two mm-hmm. one overall, so tw- uh, 17th overall. And mm-hmm. somebody like um, Mac Hovart, uh, Hovath, who mm-hmm, goes to mm-hmm. Baltimore a uh, whole round later, or mm-hmm. Cooper Pratt, or George Lombard Jr., who we talked about. You took Hurley, who we've talked about as well. Jack Hurley out of yes. Arizona. Bryce Matthews, yes. Johnny Farmello. I mean, these guys are all great. And so I was getting third round picks and just adding those guys left and right because mm-hmm. they all seem like late first rounders to me. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Arjun yeah. Uh, Nimala. Yeah. He's another great name. A little further away. You can get, uh, another sure. nailer sure. if you wanted and Bo and <laughs> miles nailer. And, <laughs> and you could have the whole Russell. damn family if you wanted. So, uh, um, as we'll, we'll, we'll kind of wrap this up here, but I, I do want to go over some of the orders so people can get an idea. So we talked about kind of that. I think after Kyle Teal and Bryce Eldridge, like that's that's the end of that tier. That I mean, to, to me, it goes all the way to, you know, Matt Shaw for me, Max Clark for you. And then all those guys are in that same tier. You can be happy with any of them. And then you have, you know, we had Yuki Matsui going to Scotty because <laughs> he's a homer he's a little guy just getting <laughs> getting big leaguers i get it so scotty, uh, scotty was drafting backup catchers so that he would be major league eligible for this league exactly. uh, smart it's not a bad four strategy. years ago uh, no, so chase davis won. yeah he yeah he did so well it's his league he has to he cheated somehow. <laughs> um chase davis goes at the start of the second round and then uh-huh. followed by the new york mets shortstop Colin Hawk. Who, yeah, like uh, him. I like you. Nothing wrong with Hawk. A little yeah. early for me. I take some little early. Guys. Yeah, a little early. Trevor Werner, who goes to Kansas City, is very early for me. I didn't. I mean, very. I'm very him in the third. In the I'm not round. even looking at him in the fifth round. Who took uh, him? Jeremy. He has his own. He does wow. his, his things too. Separate the pars list, right? Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. He might be honest. So he didn't pick Horvath later, so I like that. Yeah, I like now, Leo, Leo DeVries, the San Diego prize oh, prospect. Mm-hmm. That one is so tricky. Um, you Why know, so? when when to Tell take me. him. This is pretty late, to be honest. I've seen him go first round. You're going to have yep. to wait a long time. I don't have a lot of great information that I'd be confident in sharing with people. You no. just got to take a shot in the dark. He couldn't, you could yep. turn into Roderick Arias in two years, or you could turn into, uh, where are the other Tatis. guys? That's in, well, 
uh, making Arias as a compliment because he he kind of came around. I was thinking about oh, the other true. the other guys that kind of faded off that were international guys. Oh, like so Rain Don Caro. Don Christian Caro. Remember him oh, for yes. national? Yes. Oh God, yeah. yeah. How can Nobody you cares about him anymore. Uh, Brendan, Brendan, uh, Braden Taylor goes next. Uh, he was my pick, actually. I do like Taylor I like, a lot. I like him. I like He's him a raised guy that I'm like kind of trusting and hoping that they can unlock that power and they get a, a nice debut as well. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yes, a decent, a decent guy to have there. A guy I really like too, Walker Martin, uh, the yes. Giants shortstop. Giants. Very mm -hmm. polished player in my eyes. Out of uh, high school, correct? Out of high school, yes. Let me double – yes, out of Colorado. Interesting. You don't see it in oh. Colorado too often. Um, then Noble Meyer, who, again, you're going to oh. see so, – there's going to be leagues where he goes like eighth overall or seventh yep, overall. Yep. And yep, I'm not ready yep. to take him there. But no. here at 2.7 is a great value. <laughs> Wonderful value. Yeah. I mean, uh, my Johandi Morales goes to Sean at uh, 2.8. I can't – can't say I know a huge ton. You like that pick, though. You Great go pick. with Enrique Bradfield. Uh, <laughs> why don't you explain to the listeners why I went with Enrique Bradfield Jr.? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Alex. I mean, I stole him from you in in the other league. <laughs> Although yeah, it was in after, the third round, after like, you you definitely had a chance to get him. But well, yeah. But do you remember who I took in the? I took Eldridge in the second round. I wasn't going to take Enrique over over Eldridge. No, certainly not. Um, so but no. he fell to me in the third round, which is kind of silly because he is going to, you know, he's going to be a big leader. Oh, I think maybe yeah. not for the Orioles, but he will be for someone. Or maybe for the Orioles. I mean, why wouldn't the Orioles want him in their lineup? You know, 50 steals. Uh, he could play yeah, in 120 yeah, games. He could. Could. Yeah, maybe. Um, Rhett Louder goes. Next, followed by Aiden Miller, the Phillies prospect. Uh, Paulino Santana mm -hmm. goes at 212. Then uh, Yariel Rodriguez, the Cuban, goes. Uh, he's interesting, right? I mean, uh, mm -hmm. for a league like mm -hmm. this, you actually, I'm now that I'm thinking about it, a little mm -hmm. bit more like detail. They gave him 32 mm -hmm. million, and he's already been talked about maybe breaking camp with them. That's a good pick in, the, in that late. Probably would take him mm. in a league that emphasized getting to the big leagues. Um, you you he mentioned Arjun. Thirty-two. Yeah, Arjun. Uh, no, not not quite thirty-two. Like twenty-seven, twenty-six. Uh -huh. Wow. Um, Still. Yeah. In our, in this league, he probably should have gone better. That's a good pick. Arjun Namala goes um, after, followed by a guy I like, Ty Pete. Goes to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, Gator Sosa, and then Scotty picks a guy I really like too. I was uh, angry he took him. I didn't think anybody <laughs> would take him this early. Cole Carey, the 60. We talked about him, I think, a little bit when we went over mm -hmm. the West. 65th overall player picked. I figured I could get him coming back to me in the nope. next round, no problem. Um, he's just so fun. He's going to be awesome. Um, we'll go one more round really quickly. And then mention any guys that, that catch your eye. Yeah, I got, I got, it. I want, I would like to, after we get done uh, talking about the prospects only, I would like to just, just as a comp, just go through our selections in the Zao, where the only difference is uh, four less teams because it's a 12 teamer. 
and it's not it's not prospects only, but of course it's a it, you know first year players draft. So I just want to compare and contrast where I got a lot of those names in this league compared to prospects only. For sure. That's a good, a good exercise. Uh, Miles Naylor goes at the start of the third round. Uh, Dylan yeah, head. Like yeah. I don't like that pick either. It's just, he's fun mm-hmm. to have. Sure. But not Dylan head, Mac Hovath. I'm definitely take Cooper Pratt. Yeah. My guy, yeah. Rafi Velasquez. I'm taking all mm-hmm. ahead of a lot yep. of those other guys. Uh, Jacob Wilson goes at number sixth and probably a name more so than a fantasy guy, but George Lombard Jr., that gives you an idea of kind of where he's viewed. Um, Jacob wow, who got Gonzalez. him? Who got him? Uh, Robbie got Lombard at the third, so that would be 21. Yeah. Wow. Got, no. Nice pick. Yeah. Nice pick. I don't know how these work anymore. 30th something. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Gonzalez, Jack Hurley. Then you have Luke uh, Keyshaw, guy I really like going – at three round three, pick eleven, Johnny Farmello. He's a kind of a high ceiling guy. Bryce Matthew is another guy I really like. Goes at three twelve. Ty Floyd, don't mind him either. Chase Dolander, if he was not drafted by the Rockies, I would have liked him <laughs> a lot. Um, this guy, um, Kevin uh, Mechanigle, uh, I can't say I Mechanigle. Yeah, anyway. something like that. Uh, I didn't really have anything on him. Um, and then I got offered a trade for him and I, I researched him. And this guy's like super underrated. Great numbers. Yeah, great yeah, numbers. Like, he's, he looks really good. 37th overall pick. Somehow he's just slipped through my cl- the cracks for me. Uh, well, it's his name. I mean, look at his last name for Christ's sake. Yeah. <laughs> he can't even pronounce it, let alone want to look at him up, you know? Mickenigle. Mickenigle? Mickenigle. It's yeah, weird. Yeah. You, just, anyway. you, look, you look at it and you're like, ugh, I don't want to look at him. <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's a really good value there. And then finally, yeah. um, another great name. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> Naiyuki Uasawa. I think that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the Rays, who's, uh, again, Scotty doing his things and the, and the fact that uh, he's going to be up in the big leagues. I don't know how useful he's going to be in most leagues, but scheming Scotty. Yeah. Smart. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, of those names I mentioned, I kind of said who I liked. I like Farmello. I like Matthews. I like uh, McAneagle. I like Cooper Pratt and Horvath. Anybody else that jumps out for you that you really Jack, like? Jack Hurley, but that was Hurley, my pick, of course. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, that third round for me, it was a little lackluster, to be honest. Uh, I, I felt like there was a giant drop off in our league after the second when you got into the third. Um, but uh, you're right. There was a lot of really good value, like Mickle Mickle McSteens, McConnellys, or whatever. Yeah, you, you want it to be McCon- McConnell. Yes, you, you want it. Mick right. And then it's a niggle at the end, like N I G L E. And then you're just like, I don't know why he's giving me troubles. I know, like, I know. You can pronounce it. Anyway, you can do it, Alex. It's the end of the podcast. Um, all yeah. right, so let's do that exercise where we go over yes. uh, and compare kind of another league to this, a more traditional type of league, although the minor leagues are very deep, so you're, you're going to want high upside, I'd imagine, is probably what you're looking for here more than anything, yeah. at least that's what I'm doing. 
That's what I usually do. A hundred minor leaguers. That's your farm. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. <laughs> and a and a super deep bench. Yeah. By the way, uh, I think I have. Well, let's see here, twenty uh, bench players on my offense, and uh, like two for my <laughs> defense, my uh, pitchers. Anyway, um, who'd you take first round, Nizal? I took Matt Matt Shaw. Oh wow. Wow, nice. Six. Yeah. Six. Out of yep. my word. Okay. I took uh, Kyle Teal. I, I believe that was – well, I took second last year, so that was 11th overall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 And nothing take, really uh, crazy. The top five go exactly what we said. And then, again, I'm I'm taking Shaw there. You probably would have taken a Max Clark there. Um, mm, not necessarily. Not necessarily. I do like Clark Max Clark. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. yeah, I do like. Um, Don't get me wrong. Nobody, uh, nobody jumps out as a crazy pick except for Rhett Louder. I don't know if I'm taking Rhett Louder in the first. Ooh, first but. round? No, thank you. No, thank you. Yeah. Um. Second round. Just to give you a, give you a couple. I mean, we can't go over every pick again, but like Imanaga goes at number uh, two in the second round to give you an idea, followed by Jung Hu Lee right after. So. That's where I'm wow. comfortable with those guys in most dynasty mm-hmm. leagues. Mm-hmm. Although I'm still, I'm probably taking Tommy Troy and Brock Wilkin ahead of those two. Yeah, still. I'm avoiding both that. Yeah, I would take, I would be ready to take those two guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dylan Head goes oh. pretty early. Real early. Um, yeah. Let's just do, let's just do our picks really sure. fast. Sure. Real fast. Okay, so who'd you take round two? Uh, so round two, I took Aiden Miller. I didn't want to, but he seemed like the best value at that point. Still a very good pick. I like that a lot. Um, let's see here. Who did I take? Uh, round two. Or Eldridge. Uh, that's right. Of course, Bryce Eldridge. And uh, I love that pick personally. Yeah, that's a good pick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This really. I probably should. I, about no, looking back on this, I I should have taken Eldridge there. <laughs> ahead. Were you and I back to back in in that one? No, I, 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 just, I had a lot but of, not far. On once. not far. <laughs> yeah, I just, okay. I should have taken, I like Eldridge better than Miller. Miller's not even in my top 100. I think I managed to get Eldridge in there, but wasn't. Okay. So <laughs> third round, I had two picks. Who'd you take in the third? Oh, you did. Uh, yeah. Brad, that's where I got Bradfield. Uh, that's right. And I went off. Uh, for about 25 minutes, <laughs> I literally screamed so many obscenities right here in my living room. I'll be happy to trade them uh, to you. There's no problem. Will you? Yeah. Okay. Who do you want? Oh, do you Ooh, give me Eldridge I... back? No. Anyway, we're, we'll we'll talk off the air. But then okay, you go uh, with Jacob Wilson, who I already kind of trash talked a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but this is the thing about Jacob Wilson. If you look at his numbers in his cup of coffee last year, he raked. He was the number six overall draft pick, the very first player to be at the draft, the only player, for, for Christ's <laughs> sake, really, uh, to show up. And when I saw him, because he was the only one I could look at be, uh, until Noble, Noble Meyer was drafted, he took it all in like such a pro. And I know his dad was arguably one of the best glove men at short I've ever seen. I used to love watching his dad play short for the Pirates. Um, Watching him field those questions. I mean, Sean and I were probably 15 feet away from him. And he he looked 
so effortlessly polished. And, and then I realized how well he was wearing his hat. And all of it came together for me where I said to myself, if he's deep, like deep enough, like in the third round, I'll pounce all over this kid because compared to who else is available at this point in time, when you get into yeah. the third Let's round, you know, what, what do I have to lose? Yeah. I'm uh, looking at the guy. I would take probably Walker Martin ahead of Wilson. I'd okay. probably go Nimala who you actually take later. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. Um, and then we actually had a couple guys, you know, prospects go that were not first-year player drafts that I would take. Yeah, but I took uh, Christian Robinson. I was really proud of myself about Christian that one. Robinson. Yeah. Hey. You know, yeah, I mean, I don't mind Jacob Wilson there. I mean, third round, right. a guy that's most likely making it to the big leagues. You could do worse. Absolutely. Okay. You could certainly do worse. Definitely and then tell me about your guy here, Morales. Yes. Right. Oh, Emil. Yeah. Man, I love this kid. As far as like uh, DeVries was concerned, uh, I'm pretty sure it was a general consensus that Emil was number two, and, it, and it's not even really close. Like it goes DeVries, then Emil, and then pretty much the rest of the class. Um, big, big, big kid. 6'3, 195, like 18. Um, Pretty sure he hits from the left side if he's not a switch hitter. Hold on. Let me pull him up really fast. Hold up. Where are you at, Emil? Hold on. Here he is. Emil Morales. Only 17. Doesn't turn 18 until September. <laughs> he's born in 2006. So am I. 6'3", 180 currently. Uh, yeah. I mean... There's nothing for me to go on <laughs> numbers yeah, wise. That's a problem. Yeah. But, but you know, great system, uh, great frame. You could do worse. Yeah. No. Hey, you just don't know anything about him. So he could be right. Amazing. It could be nothing. It, You'll find out in two years. <laughs> One yeah, way or the other. Either he's years. up in the big leagues <laughs> dominating for you, and you have a stud, or and he's you look. And you look like a genius, or he fades away into an oblivion, and you look like every other uh, owner that's mm -hmm. ever taken a chance. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't think there's much else to go off of in terms of uh, first-year player drafts. I don't think a lot of leagues are going you know, beyond three to four rounds. Um, wow, that's crazy to me. We went over, we went over our, uh, our favorite guys. Um, yeah, I don't think I I got nothing else. I think we're we're good here. Yeah, nor do I. Nor do I. So, all right. Well, uh, we will be moving on to the NL East. I believe will be our next division when we talk about the next uh, top fifty prospects. The Braves. Got to go with the Braves. Yeah, that'd be a short the talk. Braves. It's pretty shallow, but it's actually not as bad as I. No. Uh, as some people might think, but uh, yeah, I think that'll do it for us. Nate, thanks for coming on. Spring training uh, is fun. As always. As uh, always. Uh, yep. Some, I think pretty much everybody plays tomorrow. Uh, I know mm -hmm. you guys already started. That was made a shellacking of those Padres. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But um, 
yeah futures focus here with you my name alex sanchez nate eckert again joining me thanks for listening once again a lot of great things coming up here with spring training we're gonna have you know the top uh, consensus list for the site coming out soon we have you know i'm i've got some articles that i'm working on as well coming down the line so a lot of cool things coming in with baseball so keep sticking up coming to the website checking out some other podcasts maybe uh if you have you're just getting back into baseball season now that football's over so appreciate you listening futures focus we'll see you next time